Thank you so much for listening to the audio version of our podcast. If you prefer an extended cut version with extra content, there's a link to our YouTube page on our website at letgoddie.com or you can follow us on Facebook. Also on our website, we have a support tab. If you'd like to contribute to what we're doing and help us continue sharing the stories of God at work, you'll find a link to our Patreon page where you can pledge as low as $1 a month and help us continue putting out episodes of the podcast. Most of our episodes do contain some content and language not suitable for children. Thank you for your time and on to the show. Welcome to Let God Die, the weekly podcast sharing stories of God transforming lives through changing perceptions of who He is and what it means to follow Him. We believe that commonly those who reject God haven't experienced the truth of who He is, and that those who follow God often have false expectations or understandings. Together, we can take those perceptions of God and let them die, so God can live. All right, this is a Let God Die podcast. This is Josh. And this is Calvin. And our guest today is our good friend, Bethany Jemus. Sorry, I didn't know if I was supposed to say my name or not, so I just let you do it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I should have clarified that. Um, so a little context. Uh, I don't know if I met Bethany until after I moved to Pennsylvania, I believe. I know. I don't remember actually meeting you until 2017, 4th of July, but you knew who I was. The social media is a weird place because uh, I feel like that's yeah. the case all the time. I'll, I meet people <laughs> sometimes and they're like, oh, I know who you are. It's like, uh, that's creepy. Um, but uh, but yeah. in this case, I'm the one that's creepy because I had some context <laughs> of who you were. Um, basically, I just knew... Uh, yeah, I could tell that there was uh, something about your heart, even just from social media things, just as, as far as like having a heart for people. Yeah, one thing that, yeah, I just want to share. When our friend Ryan passed away uh, last fall, um, it's coming up on close to a year now, but we had quite a few friends that just uh, hit us up asking like how they could help out with the memorial service we were having. It was just really cool because I remember that you said something like, Hey, I never met Ryan, but I heard a lot about him, and I know a lot of the people that are close to me were really close to him, and he, he meant a lot to them. Um, and uh, yeah, so Bethany just said, like, if there's any way I can help, um, just like be a presence that day, um, I would love to be there. Um, and yeah, I don't know, that just meant a lot because I think for some people that might be kind of a, like an awkward thing of, um, I don't know, like uh, wanting to maybe be there, but feeling like, oh, I don't know, that could be weird or whatever. But it, it was just like, it was really meaningful to me and all of us that you wanted to step in and like serve us um, so we could focus on being together um, and you could just kind of kind of be there in a, and greet people. So um, yeah, I don't know. That's just one one little story that like meant the world to me, meant went the world to Kendra. To Kendra. She, oh, and uh, Kendra brought up that you held Ev Evelyn um yeah. the whole time and uh yeah well, i was gonna say to be fair i got to the benefit of holding your like three or four month old for a while it was really sweet but i didn't do it for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i'm realizing that that kind of thing that just like seems like second nature to me is not to a lot of people yeah <laughs> and like that just is like what my heart is is like uh, I guess the like blanket term is hosting and like um 
you know, the role that you, you said would be helpful is just like greeting. I just want to be there for people in whatever nature that looks like. And I, I guess I didn't realize how not normal that was. Yeah, totally. So, and it, it's interesting just like when you're so close to yourself being yourself, how, uh, you know, you just don't realize that certain things that God's placed on your heart are like giftings, you know, specifically yeah. to you that you would just never think twice about. But um, yeah, just the fact that that's your natural inclination. And Kelvin, do you want to give us a little context of like how you know Bethany and like uh, as a friend and ministry wise and all that? Yeah. Um, so I met Bethany. We both served at our, our home church at Metro doing youth ministry together. And we we're both small group leaders for our high school ministry. And Bethany literally did not talk for yeah. like the first two years I knew her like, <laughs> at all. <laughs> she did not speak. And, but like, I knew like inside of her, like there was like this, this deep longing to just be with the kids and to like, yeah. like you said, like to be a presence and to offer what little she did have or felt as if she could give. And clearly that went such a long way. Cause not only did you like finish out with your girls, but like, even now, like you're continuously doing that, you're continuously growing. So as we've kind of like got to know each other doing meetings and things like that, um, our good friend, Gordon, who we did the podcast with in the past, Mr. Shearhorn. Um, he kind of like took us both under, like kind of mentored us together. So we got to spend even more time together with that. And then really getting to hear what the Lord was doing to her heart and how it was playing out in her life, which is like, man, like of all the people I've met, like this girl really seems to get it. Like she really seems to get Jesus in a real way. And like, she's not really big on words as you can tell, but her life is like extremely powerful and it's, it's very simple. And that's one of the things that got my attention about like having you on a podcast is like, man, like, where does that come from? Like, how did that become real for you? It's really crazy because Calvin says I never talked, but to me, I was doing great because <laughs> when I was in high school, like I wouldn't talk if it wasn't like an answer to the pastor or something that had to do with Jesus. So like one time me and Calvin talked about just like two of our students that were close to close to each other. Like we had a conversation about it. I'm like, Man, I'm talking to boys. I'm like, wow, that sounds so lame. But, like, like, uh, there's there's so many levels to this. But I I thought like I'm stepping out. I'm talking to people, and like Calvin said I was quiet, and I was like, well, that's because you were a boy. And then like I talked to like one of my mentors is a woman, and she was like, yeah, you're so quiet. It's funny that you love talking to people one on one. And I was like. You thought I was quiet too. <laughs> so it was like completely out of mind for you. That's so funny. I guess like we we got so used to dealing with like um like because of the size of our church, it's very extroverted like personalities, and uh, Bethany's is not like extroverted at all. It's very more quiet, very more reserved, but like powerful. So like for that reason, that's why I was like she barely talks. But then you were talking, but it just wasn't in a way where like people just like seeing you because like she never you never had this thing about yourself where you want to be like the most important person in the room like mm -hmm. you realize that even early on in ministry is like i'm not the center of the universe like this thing is for jesus you know and a lot of people in our in our circles didn't quite understand that so that's what stood out and that's really cool <laughs> mm -hmm. well let's get to some of uh your your story bethany um but uh yeah I, I just want to echo that. Like, yeah, I see this like quiet strength in you, you know, 
of just like mm-hmm. having a servant's heart and um yeah well maybe we'll stop talking about you and making you feel uncomfortable <laughs> um but we, we i don't know we just want want to kind of establish like that we respect you a lot and we we really love you and appreciate um what you are to uh the community and the body of christ and uh yeah i don't know, i guess if you want to share a little bit of your story of uh coming to Jesus and what your journey has been. Yeah, real quick, you said quiet strength or something like that just a second ago. Yeah. And um, in like November, I was like, well, it's been like a process of confidence, but there's a verse, I don't remember where it is, but it was my, my um, lock screen for a while. And it says, in quietness and confidence is your strength. And um, that really resonated with me because I was like, yeah, I don't have to be loud to be bold. Like, anyways, but um, yeah, my story, I'm really bad at short stories, so I will try to be concise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, my mom was, she was baptized Catholic, um, but she didn't, her family didn't really go to church when I was little, unless, you know, like holidays or something or funerals. Um, and it was also like my um, my grandma is 50% Italian and 50% Lebanese. So the Catholic church we went to was an Arabic church and um, the services were in like Arabic. So yeah, you know, Catholic Church in Arabic, I didn't understand any of it. Uh, my dad's mom, she had always gone to this little church in Dearborn. I guess it's not little, but it's not huge. And she would pick me up occasionally um, on her way to church, but it, it wasn't something I did regularly. But when I was seven, there was a little girl who I was in school with who lived across the street from me, and a bus would come and pick her up from church pick her up for church every week. And so I started going to church with her. I'm pretty sure that's the church that I first like said the salvation prayer of like, yeah, Jesus come into my heart. But I didn't have an understanding of like what that was. And I remember every week they would say, okay, we're gonna say this prayer now. And if you want Jesus to forgive you of your sins, like we're gonna do this. And I would do it every week because you know, surely I sinned again since last week. Uh-huh. So (laughs) there wasn't, like, an understanding of, like, hey, he already lives in you. (laughs) And, like, um, yeah, I don't know, somewhere soon after that, I think it was only, like, a year that I did that or something, um, my uncle, my mom's brother, started going to a different church in Dearborn, and my family started going there on Sundays, and, um, yeah, I was at that church until I was like 19. Um, but my mom and dad broke up, separated, divorced, <laughs> all that stuff when I was like 10 or 11, 12. Somewhere in there, there was separation and then divorce later. Um, and my mom worked Sundays and my dad moved to Alabama. <laughs> so I didn't go on Sundays anymore unless, you know, my uncle picked us up or something. But I, started going on Wednesdays for youth group, I had built up this idea of like what a Christian woman should look like. I'm like, sure, I was just a girl, but I 
had these silly ideas of like what a Christian woman should look like. And so I had this like facade that I would play in church. I had this like, this is me with my friends who know me and this is me with my church friends. And Mm. I don't invite my church friends to do things with me because I don't want them to see the way I act when I'm not at church. Gotcha. And like, you know, I just like thought I had to fit into this box of like being perfect. And so not being that made it really hard. Um, all of my walk at that point was um, merit-based and it was like, okay, well, to be a Christian, means that I look like love and love is patient and kind and you know so I would work to be those things that wasn't a true being those things like I don't know I don't know that that thought process makes sense it was like I can be kind but in my head I'm so frustrated with you right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I can be kind because that's what a Christian woman should do, you know. Like not, like, not, um, not wanting to maybe not wanting to show weakness and seeing that if you showed weakness or um, maybe even yeah, just like in sincere side of you that you would lose respect or everything is. I was very controlling about what people knew of me, yeah, and um, I didn't want them to know things about me that I hadn't shown them, and I didn't want them to make judgments about me that I didn't like lead them to make, which Mm. is is silly. And it it wasn't like, like think whatever you want about Calvin. I'm not going to try and control what you think of Calvin, but what you think of me, like I, I, I don't want you to be into any part of me that I haven't let you into. Like, Mm. like I will open the doors. You will not touch the handle. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good way to put it though yeah. i i don't know that it was so much that i didn't want people to see that i wasn't perfect but it was more that i was upset that i wasn't perfect and i like didn't trust that they would still want to be around me mm-hmm. if they knew that i wasn't perfect for yourself, uh, do you think that that came from uh, like family dynamics, from what you knew of like uh, church teaching, or do you think that was more internal um, pressure? I think it was internal. I think it's this idea that like I don't want to represent Jesus bad, gotcha. and like I knew who Jesus was, and. I didn't want people to look at me and think like, oh, if she's representing Jesus, I don't want him. It's like mm-hmm. the, the, there's this thing that, you know, God's going to pursue whoever he pursues fully and they're going to run smack into him. But it doesn't actually like, yeah, I can I can do a bad job of showing people who he is, but that doesn't stop him from showing who he is. Yeah. But there was this, like, um, probably at, like, a youth conference I went on or something, like, there was this idea that, like, people should know that you're a Christian by your actions and not by you saying that you're a Christian. And so hearing that, I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm going to look like a Christian. 
like, this is who a Christian is. Like, this is what a Christian should look like. Mm. And, like, embracing that, some of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, like, me and Calvin have talked a ton on the podcast, and I'm sure you've heard Calvin use the phrase of, like, you know, uh, we're not the hero of our story. You know, it's uh, more about Mm -hmm. pointing people to Jesus. Um, And uh, I think that's very common where, like, we get it, uh, I guess, kind of twisted, almost like we want, I mean, ultimately, if we want people to know Jesus, um, like, maybe that's the intention, but the way it manifests itself or looks is almost like we're pointing them to ourselves and yeah. like yeah. all this self-imposed yeah. pressure. Um, and uh, right. yeah, it's actually, I think it's cool that you said all that because uh, um, yeah, I'll just uh, share a couple of nights ago, I came home and I was a tool in uh, the way that I talked with Kendra um, and uh, got in this argument with my sister-in-law um, and uh one of my buddies was over too, and I actually like took off for a walk for a while. Um, I just felt like an idiot because I was just like, man, I lost my cool. Um, and it was like in front of friends, you know, um, and it was just dumb. Uh, but uh, I met up with one of, one of my buddies who was over that night today, and he was just like asking how things were. Um, and then he was just like, yeah, I don't know if this like sounds weird or whatever, but he was just like, uh, I kind of like have this like different respect for you. Um, and he said like, not that like you handled things well, but it was kind of cool for me to like see that you are human. <laughs> um, and I was just like, well, I mean, I, I, I hope I wasn't putting on this air of like, I don't know, not having flaws before, you know? Um, but yeah. he was just saying that like, yeah, like I know that it's not all about like, looking up to you as someone who has it together, but it's about, you know, the God that's in you, the God that's in me, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't like this, oh, like it didn't matter how I acted the other day. It was more so like this kind of like sobering reminder of like, yeah, it's not about me. You know, it's about pointing to God and like, I don't know, kind of like a reminder of, yeah, I want to be able to um, get out of the way to point to him. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if that makes sense. But at the same time, seeing it as not not using that as an excuse or as justification, you know, but right. uh, but just recognizing that, like, yeah, it's not about like you being the representative of Jesus and you looking right. Um, uh, at the same time, yeah, if, if we are close to him, we reflect him. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like we're our goal is not to point people to us and think that we're we're great and we have it together, you know. If anything, like yeah. people in my life that like are very flawed and like I've I've seen just like big messes of, um, but they but they like react in a in a way that's humble and like um, I guess it, you can tell that they, you know, like it, uh, in the Bible, John saying like you know. Um, referring to himself as the one who Jesus loved, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, like people in my life that like, you just know, like, all right, they know how much they're loved. Um, That's way that shows me Jesus way more than someone who's like, all right, like I want to show you how much I love God. Um, If that that makes sense. I don't know if I'm expressing that quite right, but yeah, no, totally. Like I, I think for a long time, 
that we can put so much pressure on ourselves to be like, like you were saying, like that representation of Jesus, mm -hmm. so much so that we become like hyper aware of ourselves. And in doing that, like we're at the end of that, like we're trying to put the glory on our ability to represent rather than the one who we're actually representing. Yeah. And that that will produce like that'll produce a walk that's not even powerful. Like it's gonna produce bondage actually. It's not gonna produce freedom. Yeah. Absolutely. And like the things that I've even experienced so far is that I've actually represented Jesus to people more ways in me being wrong than me getting it right. And at least yeah. me admitting the fact that I was wrong and need correction, like like you were saying, there's so much more of God's glory in a heart that's repentant than it is in one that's prideful. Yeah. And and like your buddy was saying, like there's a there's a a side of representing yourself to God that's like, I am walking with Jesus, but I'm also just as much in process as you are. So like there's no me being the standard of Christianity. Like there is Christ, he's the standard, and I'm gonna preach him. And if I'm off, I'm gonna admit that I'm off. And I'm gonna make things right with the person that I've hurt, you know, yeah. for the glory of God, because that's like it's like that's not who he is. Like the way I acted the other day was completely unacceptable. And I'm sorry you had to see that, but like that's not my father's heart. I wasn't walking with him. I was doing my own thing. But like he loves us even in the middle of all that. That's one of like the biggest breakthroughs I had to have in like in meeting with Gordon. Like there's one time where I was just like, Yeah, Gordon, I was like getting angry at people in traffic today and like I'm just gonna like choose to pray for people when I get frustrated with them instead of like like getting angry so then i'm like taking my anger and you know like choosing to pray for them instead and he's like okay but are you trying to not be angry or are you surrendering the anger to god and i was like ah mm, he does that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good word that. though mm -hmm. and I, I like i i didn't know that i could surrender those things like like yeah i knew i could pray that i wouldn't be angry every time it happens and maybe i would you know be turned to peace in that but it's like i thought it was like me trying to not be angry by praying every time it happens instead of like me asking holy spirit to like change my heart mm -hmm. and like i i thought that this is like a work that i was doing when really it's a work that he's doing if i let him and yeah. like, I I didn't know that. Like, um, I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure, but Calvin has probably heard me talk about this. This like, like he is the potter and we're the clay. And as the clay, I was like trying to stick out my clay arms and like shape <laughs> myself up into like the shape that I thought looked like a Christian. Yeah. And the whole time, Holy Spirit's like they're like, hey, I could do this. I know what shape you're supposed to be. And then like I'm like, no, I'm not pretty enough for you to touch me yet. And like I'm like trying to pull up my own edges, but in trying to pull up my own edges, I'm sticking out arms where they don't go. <laughs> it's like this isn't this isn't helping anything. The whole time, like the Holy Spirit's just like I could do this. Like if you let me, I could do this. And like uh, you know, I just thought like I haven't I haven't tried hard enough for you yet. Like like you shouldn't touch me. I'm not worthy. You know, and it's like. He, he's here to do the change, but I was not letting him because I thought that I was doing the change. Yeah. And, um, like, that's one of the things that has really become <laughs> different in my life is, like, like, 
in surrender to him, like the change happens, like things that I was trying to change for years that I couldn't change because I'm sticking out my clay arms. and He just like pushes them back into place and bakes them there so they don't move. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that, yeah, that was a big thing. I felt like I needed to be the best version of myself, like even with my best friends in high school who are still two of my best friends. But, um, you know, I felt like even they wouldn't want, want me around if they fully like knew me. And so um, I like started talking to people online when I was like 15. And um, like, that's when I stopped going to therapy. <laughs> and I think it's like, I was so desperate to be known um, fully. And like when I started talking to people online, I had nothing to prove to them. So I could just like talk to them however I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like, so then it's like, oh, well, I have these friends who I don't know, but they accept me. So I don't need therapy anymore because <laughs> that's not a problem anymore. People like me now. I just wanted to ask, uh, like at that time, did that, uh, was like that a healthy step to get you to open up to people in person or did it, no, uh, no. did it close you it off to worst. a point that, yeah, yeah okay. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then I was ashamed that I was talking to people online. Yeah. <laughs> that way it's so pretty. Vicious, vicious circle. Oh gosh. Um, sorry. Yeah. So I, I, um, yeah, I, I'm just realizing like more and more layers to it. Like this is a pretty big deal for my story. So I'm going to get into this part. But um, I read lots and lots of like young adult romance stories. Like just like, you know, the girl who's alone and then there's a guy who she meets and they fall in love. (laughs) Basically the same story with different details every time. (laughs) But I probably read like 50 at least, and <laughs> that's a lot. And like, I would read them, and even the ones that weren't written well, I read all the way through because I'm like, I need to know if I get it right. Like, <laughs> I need to know if this ends the way that I suspect it will. And like, um, it just like set me up to like over romanticize love and guys and just like, the idea of like anybody you meet could be somebody that you end up with, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was very aware of like my interactions with guys because I was like, ah, oh, what if I hug them and then they think that I like them and I don't, I don't want to <laughs> give them that impression. And so like the guys in youth group, I would high five. I would only ever high five them. And she's not lying. <laughs> anyways. So I I was very like aware of it because I I just had over romanticized the idea of love and like I didn't want I didn't want to give the wrong impression, especially because there's like the controlling part of how I was looked at as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I, yeah, I mean, 
think like, oh, I'm going to meet this guy. Maybe I'll marry him. And like, it was silly. Um, um, one of the guys I met online when I was 15, he's a year older than me and lived in like Connecticut. And like two weeks after meeting him, which we would talk from text from like the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. And like two weeks in, I told him I loved him. Wow. <laughs> Actually, I told him, I said, I know that we're friends because I would tell you I love you. And then he told me he loved me. So then I said it back. But it's so uncomfortably awkward. And, um, but I, at the same time, I was like, but I'm not going to call you my boyfriend because I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least yeah, that much sense, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like we we talked about like getting married when I was fifteen, and then it was like, but we're not dating. <laughs> so, so, anyways, but yeah, I actually heard about an internship in New York through him doing children's ministry, huh. and I did that after I graduated high school. I wouldn't have known about it if it weren't for him, huh. but. I was 18. I did the internship, which was inside of a big church, and I hated big churches at the time. Hmm. But um, I saw that their heart was actually for reaching as many people as possible. It wasn't like, oh, if we have a lot of numbers, then it looks better. It was actually like having a desire to share Jesus with Jesus. you. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And so. If I hadn't gone there, I don't think I would have ever ended up at Metro because <laughs> mm. I would have stayed at my little church in Dearborn. Um, yeah, because they did things nice and I knew the people and <laughs> I could have a relationship with them <laughs> and uh, um, I love them. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, when I got back from that internship, my whole family was going to Metro. Like, my grandma and grandpa who were divorced were both going. Oh, wow. My mom was going. My um, my sister was going. Um, like, the people that I cared about were all going to Metro. And I was like, well, if they can get my family into church, there's got to be something good happening here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so uh, in Alive, we had a lot of students and then like a live life group leaders, so the small group leaders, and then. And for those listening, that oh, real quick, uh, for those listening, alive was the high school ministry at Metro, which was the church that we really all know each other from. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, with with it, yeah, we had like the students and then the leaders, and then we implemented like grade leaders like a girl and a guide grade leader for each grade mm -hmm. so that there is like because there were so many leaders there were like 40 leaders or something mm -hmm. so we had this like system so that information would like drift down i don't know that's the right word but so that like it wasn't everybody asking like chris what to do which chris is the pastor it wasn't everybody asking him what to do but we had like a system so that everybody got the information um well i ended up as one of those leaders that was like for each grade 
Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like for the ninth grade girls or whatever. I don't remember what grade I started off as, but so, you know, so I would then talk to all of the leaders of that grade. And um, when I stepped into that position, Gordon was then mentoring each of those leaders. So I had to have a monthly meeting with Gordon um, to like, it, it was the way of like making sure that the leaders were still poured into. Yeah. So, so I started having a monthly meeting with Gordon and Gordon talked to me for three years before I like actually took it in. Yeah. Takes a while. So, uh, <laughs> Takes a while. Yeah, so he would say things that would blow my mind, and then I'm like, okay, now I gotta think about this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like what you're yeah. saying absolutely makes sense, and I don't understand why we're not talking about it, but I'm not ready to implement that. <laughs> and, um, like, the main thing was surrender, and like, mm-hmm. uh, surrender is really hard for me because it's like, I, if I surrender to God, then I'm choosing to do what he calls me to do. And I was really scared that what he called me to do wouldn't be something I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so like, uh, they're just like, like I was in school. Uh, I wanted to be married. Like I still would like to be married one day, but I was like, how are we going to do this? But also I wasn't friends with guys. I was like, I'm going to marry my best friend, but I'm not friends with guys, <laughs> but it's going to work out somehow. Like, yeah. <laughs> like just, you know, so, um, yeah, I, I had all of these like hopes and dreams and like, uh, yeah, just ways that I wanted to live selfishly and hopes that God would bless. And um, so the idea of like surrendering those things is really hard because it's like, God, what if you ask me to do something that seems like hell to me? <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> do you think you yeah. uh, realized that that was your mindset like early on into that three-year process or was it kind of over time mm-hmm. that you're like, ah, there are things that I'm holding back? Um. So earlier I was talking about how I asked Jesus in my heart like every week when I was seven and I was afraid that I would choose to live surrendered to God and not mean it. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do it because it sounded like the right thing to do and, and then not actually do it. Um, and like, that, that is still true, but that is, like, what I understood of it, is that that's what I, I didn't want to say something that I didn't mean. Gotcha. Um, I never remember, like, where the verse is, is at, but it's the one that says, like, God is slow, not as we understand slowness, but mm-hmm. slow wanting everyone to come to repentance. I know it finishes with, like, wanting everyone to come to repentance, and, like, I was already in salvation at that point but god is slow with me in such beautiful ways and like as i'm like god i don't want to surrender do you not mean it he like took time to teach me about surrender 
and like like yeah blessed are those who believe and don't see but also if i ask he shows so mm -hmm. so like um it's a win-win yeah so <laughs> um you know he he wasn't like no you have to do this right now or you don't love me you know he, yeah, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't like testing me he was he was calling me to surrender because it's the best thing that i could ever do and he was patient in teaching me like hey i am a dad and as a dad like i won't give you a rock if you ask for bread I'm like mm -hmm. yeah um Calvin one time was when I because I talked to Calvin about it like he was like well when you surrender you're not like surrendering into his plan so much as you're like surrendering into his love and like mm. if he moves from love like why wouldn't I want to be there and, like, and I was talking to Andrew about it another time and Andrew was like yeah like God is like a sick dad and wants to like <laughs> just give you things that you don't want like and it's like when you hear god's character like explained like that it's like why did i ever think that it's like wild to think like that i ever questioned surrendering because it's like i don't know it's just crazy i so in in the process like i had a semester in college where i was taking a stress management class because I just needed the extra credits and it was easy <laughs> and um i uh i didn't feel like i dealt with stress which i like or i didn't i don't feel like i like had an unhealthy way of handling stress but i just took it because it was <laughs> an easy class and then i would get financial aid or whatever so i was taking it and we had this like list that we had to check box things that we like were dealing with and it was like oh i i can't think of examples i don't know why i tried but <laughs> they just like this list of like things that you deal with and i like marked like three of them and there were like 40 or something and i was just looking at the list and i was like these things i just give to god like <laughs> i just give these things to god and I was just like driving to school one day and I was like, Jesus, if I have you, I literally need nothing else. Like hey. I, I literally need nothing else. Like why have I been trying? <laughs> and um, I was like crying on my way to school and I was just like crying for my classmates because they had, you know, 30 of the things marked off. And I was like, how, how do you deal with this without Jesus? I don't understand in that. I just like it, it just hit me like like you know we sing songs like yeah all i need is jesus but like to actually have that that realization like literally if i have you i don't need anything mm -hmm. like it it's completely different to mm -hmm. like actually understand it than to just like know in your head <laughs> and um i yeah i just remember so i had the class on tuesday so that tuesday i went to the tuesday gathering so it wasn't called throne room yet afterwards and we had a worship night and i just was like crying in the pew and like 
I was like, all right, Jesus, like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done it. trying to do this without you. Like, it doesn't make sense to do this without you. <laughs> and um, that was March 6th last year. So just over a year that I've actually been in surrender. And like, um, it's like a completely different ballgame. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Yeah, thanks, thanks for sharing that. Um, I was kind of curious, like, thinking about where you were in your head, in your heart. Are there any things, I don't know, maybe that God has since, like, called you to lay down or, uh, I don't know, maybe the direction that your life has had more recently that you're like, man, man like, not long ago, I was not uh, maybe ready to, <laughs> to move into that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So talk about it. So uh, in 2016, I hurt my back really bad. I had seven herniated discs, and I laid on the floor with two, I laid on the floor for two weeks without moving. Um, it was a super long process. I got two different sets of spinal injections, and I went through physical therapy for a year, and um, it was it was a huge mess. <laughs> um, it was a lot of painful. I started having panic attacks for the first time in my life where I was just like, I'm never going to be able to do anything normal. Um, before I hurt my back, I decided I was going to go to school be a physical therapy assistant because it was a two-year program and it would be fast. And it made like $70,000 a year. So, you know, that seems like a good chance, a good mm -hmm. choice. So, um well, I hurt my back and then started going to physical therapy. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to do what these people are doing. So I kind of dived into like this, this huge battle of like taking every personality test I could find online because I, if I knew what my personality type was, then I could um, find what careers best suit that personality type and um, I could make my career decisions based on that because I didn't know what my passions were as far as working and um, maybe this would help me figure it out. I found like a speech language pathologist, which is like, a speech therapist. Yeah. And I was like, wow, God led me to this because I've never heard of this before. <laughs> but really it was hours of searching <laughs> that led me to it. Um, so I was like, well, I like talking. Maybe I could help other people talk. And uh, that was like the way I justified it, you know, in my little joking manner. And so I decided that's what I was going to do. And I said that Jesus told me to, but he didn't after I surrendered in March. And I was just praying and I said, God, if you want me to be a speech language pathologist, like, I will absolutely do it for you. But it doesn't feel like that's what you want me to do. I'm like, if you don't want me to do it, I know you have something better. And better doesn't mean more prestige. You yeah. know, it just means better for him, mm -hmm. more for his glory. And I was just like, if you have something else, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And um, I was just, like, overwhelmed with peace that I was not supposed to be a speech language pathologist. Yeah. And I sat in my car and cried like from from peace <laughs> not from like 
not from a sadness that I'm not doing that, but from a piece of like, yeah, you have something better for me. And um, yeah, so I gave up college. <laughs> and that's like a really big deal because in high school, I was like, I'm going to be the first one in my family to go to college right away and graduate and whatever, but I didn't have like a sense of what I was going to do. And um, like I said, it's it's what I'm good at. And I was relying on that um, because yeah, it's what I was good at. And like what I told God last year is I want my life to be a reflection of you being strong where I'm weak. And if I only ever do things that I'm strong at, you're not getting the glory. And like, that doesn't mean don't use your talents. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, right. But, but for me, it was something that was like, I didn't want people to look at me, maybe a speech language pathologist and say, wow, Bethany's here because she worked really hard. Like, I didn't want that to be what my life looked like it was just Bethany trying really hard. He's just been really good. And like, I'm closer to him than I've ever been. And I didn't know that this kind of closeness existed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like also with that, it goes back to like the security thing I said at the beginning is that everything I intended for my life was to set up security for myself. Like the the big thing that I've had to learn with that is like Jesus is my security. Yeah. So no matter what city I live in or what my house looks like or what my job is or any of that stuff, like he is where my security is found and like he is always there. <laughs> so mm -hmm. wherever I am, I am secure. Like I think you hit on like two very, very important things. Like yeah. the the idea that our personal, because I mean, like we we know that God makes much of those who tend to make much of Him. Like yeah, that's yeah. kind of like a thing that He does with people, and it's oftentimes for us, it's for the good or for the worse. But when when we make our lives all about Him, like He's ultimately like all about us because He knows that, like the twenty four elders in Revelation, like anything that He gives us, we're gonna leverage for His glory all the more, and we're gonna lay it down. We're not gonna become attached to the gift itself but the giver and yeah. i know for a lot of us like our plans and like our dreams and things which are never bad but if like left unsurrendered we can become unhealthily attached to those things so much so that if god's not in it we don't want god anymore yeah and yeah. we'll abandon him for the sake of this this vision of our lives that we want or this i guess this perception of ourselves that we want to sell to people about who we are. And a lot of the things that we can attain can testify to our, our platitudes and like how hard we work or like, you know, the things that we can get if we like try our hardest and things like, and like I say, those things are bad. Things aren't bad, but yeah, yeah. when they're placed before God automatically, they're bad and they have to be reprioritized. But there's so much surrender in that because, like, with you being the first kid in your family to go to college and graduate, like, with that being a goal, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot riding on that, you know, like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of glory in that for you. If you were to do that, your family would probably praise you and, like, like, Bethany's, like, the wonder child of our family because she did oh, it right, yeah. you know, well, I mean, <laughs> like, in that sense, like, there's, 
there's a lot of like there's a lot of praise in something like that because it's, it's a noble thing like it's not at all a bad thing at all but to become overly attached to that plan you would have missed out on everything the lord was trying to do in the process and mm-hmm. i think even for like all of us and maybe even for myself included um we become so focused on the end goal that we miss out on who we're becoming in that process mm-hmm. And what will really suck is that we get to the end goal of what we think our lives should look like, our division that we want to accomplish, and we're not the person we need to be to sustain those things, and we lose them. The passage that uh, we talked to our buddy Adam Dorband on in a past episode um, about uh, the verse that says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Um, and the, yeah, con- the context that he talked about it in is, uh, you know, like it's not that he will give you the desires that you already had, but more so he will give you his desires he will place his desires yes. in you you know yeah and uh just that like <laughs> that makes all the difference and i mean there are times that things happen like uh you surrender to god and then he's like oh uh that speech pathology job that you know you thought you had uh uh i don't want you to do it the way that you wanted to but like i still have that for you you know i'm not saying that that's yeah. your story but there are times that right. you know he I think it's when he defines it, you know, there are times that like, he's just like, oh, that thing that you thought was selfishly all you, um, I did put that there, but uh, mm-hmm. you weren't going to, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't my intent for you to have it on your terms, you know, um, right. which is right. a, a really yeah. beautiful thing. Right. Which is that is like the prayer is like, hey, if you want this for me, like I'll, I'm, I'm for it. But yeah. like, if not, like, that's what I want to be for. And just like, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I've talked to Calvin about the same thing. Like, um, we're made new creations and like our heart is part of that. And like, sometimes the desires of our heart, they're actually like the desires he has for our heart. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're, they're not just like, like if your desire is to cheat on your wife, like, and then you come to know God, like he's not going to give you that desire. (laughs) (laughs) You're made new. You have new desires. Probably going to be to, you know, pursue your wife again or something. But I haven't seen myself as like a passionate person necessarily. And like, I'm not like the person that's like jumping up and down about something. I'm not like a, a fiery, passionate kind of person. Yeah. Uh, not that I think that that's bad. I think that that's great. But it's just like, because that's what I have equated as passion. Like, it's hard to know what my passions are and, like, what what the things that matter to me most are. And, like, um, just, like, letting God speak into that. Cause it's like there are things that I like to do, but they're not, they're not what matter most. Like, yeah, I crocheted a hat for my cousin and it's really fun and it's great but I don't actually care too much about that like it's fun to see the reactions but like Mm. you know just figuring out like what the desires are and yeah that was something else that I want to say is like something else I've learned is just um that we can ask God for things or not just for things but like about things like sometimes things just don't make sense like i i'm reading jeremiah and like like one of the things that i i 
was struggling with was the idea that God is just and loving at the same time. And it's like, I absolutely know that that's true. Like I know in my heart that that is true. I know that those two things have to work together because they do mm-hmm. <laughs> in who God is. I said, but God, I just don't understand right now how you can be both of those things. Like, how can you, how can you tell Jeremiah to stop praying for your people because you're not going to take them back? Like, how, how can you be just and loving at the same time? (laughs) And like, before that would be something I maybe asked, but I didn't expect to like receive an answer. But like this time it was like, God, how are you both of these things? And I'm like, crying because I cry out of every emotion ever so I'm crying out of frustration and like <laughs> god how are you both of these things I don't get it like I know I should just accept it but I don't get it <laughs> and he's like oh like me being just works with me keeping my word and like when I told the the um, Israelites what to do I told them what would happen if they didn't do those things and like if I let that slide and I didn't keep my word about punishment like you wouldn't be able to trust that I keep my word about promises and like wow like yeah so being just and loving work together because being just means that he upholds what he says he upholds and like that includes punishment but it also includes promises there's freedom in that that's been really cool (laughs) and in surrender like knowing that I don't have to just like take things at the like front word without digging deeper into it Mm. like that's sick it actually like uh there's a verse jeremiah 33 3 ask me and i will show you things not yet seen and like that's what he says he'll do (laughs) so it's like it's that also is you know a, a thing that backs up like him showing me what surrender is before like me me giving in you know he he says like ask me and i'll show you the things not yet seen like i'll, I'll show them to you and mm-hmm. i just really respect that part <laughs> i i really adore that part because some things are just hard <laughs> yeah yeah trust is one of those things like it's hard to trust god if you don't know him and yeah. i think it's really cool that instead of him just saying like trust me because i said so he's more like I'm going to reveal like facets of my character to you so that you understand who is giving the instruction rather than just like follow me because thus saith the Lord, if you don't, I'm going to send a lion to eat your head off on the road or like something crazy like that. Cause he could, but in his love and his genuine desire for family, he comes alongside as a patient parent rather than like a hard reprimand. And like that, that's one of the more beautiful sides of him that makes us want to bring our weakness before him instead of like trying to hide it as if he doesn't already know. Yeah. If there's something that I like talked about that somebody wants to like Facebook message me about or something, I would be okay with that. Okay, like, cool. There's a lot that, <laughs> that God has shown me and um, I would be willing to talk about it if somebody wants to talk about it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, we'll we'll toss a link in the comments. Uh, we'll toss um, yes. your uh, home address, phone number, and uh, social in I, there too, just to I mean, make I sure. I have your home address, but do you have mine? Because when I sent you a letter, it was from Calvin. 
Oh, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> that's weird on so many levels. <laughs> it wasn't for me though, like at all, because I got the same letter from me to me, and I'm just like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, let's just let's just talk about this since we're on it real quick. So, uh, are we talking about the Christmas card? Is that where? Yeah. Okay. Dude. So, uh, yeah, this past Christmas, we we get. <laughs> We get this uh, Christmas card from the house that you know we own that Calvin is one of the renters at, um, and it's like all the it's. I mean, it was all these like very pixelated, like uh, just like really ridiculous pictures of the people that live at the house, um, and uh, I was just like, "What in the world is this?" It was like it was pretty hilarious, um, but then I find out that none of the guys sent it. Um, and uh yeah no. like calvin said he was one of the recipients of his own christmas card so bethany what's uh what's the the story there well so me and becky which is one of our other friends we decided that it would be really funny if we sent christmas cards out to some of our friends from them but so good. <laughs> also sent one to them and to ourselves so that we were in the clear also um, Genius level. Yeah. Yeah. So we put the return address was their address on all of them. So some of our friends felt really cared for by them, which was not the goal. <laughs> which was not the goal. <laughs> the goal wasn't to prove our friends. It was just to like make it seem like the guys sent out Christmas cards, and then they like one of them like posted a picture on Facebook, like. Oh, the guy sent out Christmas cards, and I was like, "Oh no, this wasn't supposed to be public knowledge." That's great. And, um, it's quite funny. We do love our friends, by the way. So, like, <laughs> but Christmas cards is not one of our love languages. Yeah. So we, we totally would have just missed the bus on that altogether. Uh, thanks so much, yeah. Bethany, for joining us and sharing your story. Yeah. Um, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. Okay, it's so cool. good. Like, it's good to hear from like you like exactly the things that the lord's working in your heart because surrender is like a really big thing and it's not easy just no. so we're clear it's not easy yeah for it sure takes, it takes trust you know it yeah. definitely takes trust and to be bold enough to say like yeah this is terrifying i don't know what it's gonna look like i think the process i don't know what i'm gonna look like but lord if you're saying that you're gonna work all these things for my good then i'm gonna trust your love for me to lead me where i need to be and mm-hmm. being bold enough to just say that like i am scared but if I, I ultimately want what you want. Josh, I'm so sorry, but can I say one last thing? Yeah, yeah, feel free. Um, earlier I was saying that, like, when I was a teenager, the thing that, like, my relationship with Jesus was was me trying to look like the the love and the kindness and all that thing, or that kind of thing, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, the thing that I've learned is that it's not about that I do something to become those things, but that I ask God to have that be fruit in my life. And then the things come from that place. Yeah. So it's like, that's one of the things that I've had to learn is that it's not about me working to become um, kind and to have self-control, but instead it's me abiding in him and him producing those things from that place of abiding in him. And I just wanted to clear that up because I forgot to yeah, good that up. The longest ending ever. No, you're good. That's, I mean, that's an important note and uh, and a yeah. good one.
Thanks so much for your time, everybody. Uh, if you want to check out uh, what we're up to, past episodes, uh, if you want to support us in, uh, I don't know, prayer and messages, and um, if you want to support us financial, we'd appreciate it. Um, LetGodDie.com um, have all of the 109 past episodes up there. So um, thank you so much, and uh, until next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to see what else we're up to, uh, to listen to past episodes, you can head over to LetGodDie.com. And if you want to check out the extended cut of this episode, search Let God Die on YouTube. If you'd like to help us continue doing what we do, you can head over to LetGodDie.com and click on the support tab. Any contribution would be much appreciated. Thank you so much for your time, and we will see you next week.